Imagine just trying to fit in, be a part of the group, and taking drugs at age eight. The All Eyes on Me podcast is the true story of Vincent Lilly, his struggle with drugs, addiction, recovery, and onward to hope and health. Be ready to experience another world. Here's author Kevin Zadrill and Vincent Lilly. Hello, welcome back. My name is Kevin Zadrill. I'm the host of this podcast uh, about the book, All Eyes on Me, uh, true story of recovery, addiction, and hope. And with us today, as always, is Vincent Lilly. Uh, as we talk further on your book, uh, which is available throughout Amazon. And I think it's important uh, some of the messaging that we bring forward today to our listeners on topics. Um, some people call it uh, grounding. Some people call it self-care. Uh, but it's things that you've done for yourself emotionally and physically, spiritually. I think it's important for people to get understanding in terms of what they can do to help themselves. Now, I know a big part for yourself was when you came out of uh, addiction treatment, uh, you had become involved with um, Pan Am Place. And that was a um, really the first time where you were able to get a routine going and uh, boxing became a big part of your routine. Can you kind of take us through what that uh, helped you do and what, what you did with that? I think uh, entering into Pan Am Place was uh, very exciting for me just because of the fact that I had never, I had never done boxing before. And I obviously was very into working out and that pretty regularly. And so I know that uh, boxing is something that can be very good for you um, physically and mentally pretty much all the way around. And so uh, when the, I came up with the option to enter into a place like that, I quickly jumped on it because I was pretty excited about, you know, the stuff that I could learn from uh, doing the boxing. And um, so with, with a place like that and doing the boxing, you also get, uh, you learn a lot of other things through the boxing and the trainers that are there. So no, that was really the place that you and I first met. And uh, really where the, this story, the book uh, evolved from. Uh, and I remember the first time that we had met there, uh, I think it was your first time. Um, but you, one of the things that really struck me is that you threw everything into it. Um, it became your focus uh, and you just absorbed the intensity and the commitment that boxing offered. Um, and you were going every day, twice, twice a day. That was really good for me because... I was the type of person that never really had to do any sort of any sort of cardio when it came to exercising because I was always very lean and and I always kind of had trouble gaining weight and so uh, I never really had to do cardio. I mean, I, I didn't. I never really was fat, fat or overweight or anything like that, or had struggles with the weight problem. But the cardio that that comes with doing the boxing, uh, obviously, at first it wasn't very fun. And, uh, but I mean, once you, um, get into a routine of it, I think is the most important thing for the boxing is that once you get into the routine of it and, uh, then, uh, you start to see results of what, what it can do for you physically. And that routine was important too, because it it gave you that that sense of grounding that gave you a purpose every day. You knew what you're going to be doing. Uh, and it was something that you look forward to. Um, and I know that there was some commitment to be part of that program at Pan and Place 
to do so much boxing per week, but you certainly exceeded all of that and then more. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think when it comes to routines and that, I think literally if you do anything over and over again enough that it'll become a routine. And then once it becomes a routine, like you actually honestly don't feel right if you don't do it that way the next day or whatever. If you don't stay on that routine, you feel like, you know, your day is off. So I, I think that's just another good tip for people that when it comes to doing things, if it, even if, usually it's probably something that you won't like doing, but if you get into a routine of doing it, that it, it will become, it will just become second nature and it'll make it a lot easier to, to get involved in doing things maybe that you aren't comfortable with at first. Especially for yourself, because you're coming uh, through addiction treatment program, uh, that routine is very important um, to keep you focused now on a healthy alternative versus uh, going back to old ways, isn't it? Well, see, well, when you go when you go through the the um, the sobriety piece of it, and uh, you start to build those routines around that, uh, it's very easy for you to to push out anything that isn't a part of that. And so, if you get involved with people from your past or situations from your past it's it's easy to push push it's easier to push that stuff out when you have already built this other routine around your sobriety and and for the people that you were there with uh going through the, you know the program um there, there was that that sense that you're all in this together right you were doing things together and it, i know you're a mentor for a lot of the other participants within that program yeah, I think it was, it was actually kind of, it was, it was kind of uh, almost exciting in a sense to, to live in that place called Pan Am Place because the way that they had it set up was like, it was like a loft. So it was like all the beds and everything inside there were all, there was no like bedrooms. It was just like a big room. And then they had all these sections that were sectioned off with the, with those, um, dividers to to designate where your room would be and so I think there might have been about 20 maybe 20 or more than 20 guys at one point that were all living together we're all training together we're all socializing together and it just at some points it almost felt like uh something from a movies or something where you know we're just like we're like being trained in boxing we're living together and we all had a common goal and so uh it was it was exciting because uh, I not only got to enjoy the things that I was learning, but I also got to hear and enjoy about all the other things that how it was benefiting all the other guys that were living there. Yeah, that's key, right? Because all of you were going through different uh, times in your lives and that support network was really huge, right? Because that was a, you know, a peer group that you can each support each other for whatever each uh, person was struggling with. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, <clears throat> of course, you it, it it doesn't have to be someone um, really, really close to you to help you with support. Um, if you're looking for support, you can get it from people that, that are just there for you in any sense. But uh, when it come, came down to doing the boxing and that, and you had these people that were there supporting you that you kind of like trained with and you lived with and you ate with and everything, you know, made a big difference. Yeah, and I think that that was a big uh, part for yourself in terms of um, uh, 
kind of getting a sense of who you are as a person and where you wanted to kind of guide your, your life. Um, and from, from the boxing, then you're able to get back into a routine of uh, working out with weights. And I know that again, you just sort of jumped at it and that became a, a daily routine. And, and you I remember you always telling me that you don't do, you don't go into something halfway. It's all the way. And for, you know, your, um, your weightlifting, that was how you tackled it. Yeah. I think, um, well, I guess for me, it's, it's just for me, but some people I guess can, and I can, can, uh, assert, assert themselves into situations, certain ways. Um, but I think that has to do with standards. I think a lot, um, because for me, my standard was always that if there was something that I was putting myself into, that it had to be all the way and not halfway, because it's just like, that brings uncertainty into what it is that you're doing. And like to be uncertain about what it is that you're doing, you know, you, it's easier for you to make excuses and to not do the things that you want to do in those situations. So for me, what worked the best was like, I just have to just put myself either all the way in or just don't do it at all. And that's something you certainly did, you know, all the way in. And I know it was part of um, not just the working out, but it was the nutrition aspect of it as well. Uh, so your, you know, dietary needs. And uh, again, you just um, benefited from all of that. Yeah. And I think it was great because Pan Am Place, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of good connections. They also obviously put their own money into the food situation for the guys, but they also had a lot of connections with, they got uh, donations and stuff for food. And uh, so it was pretty amazing. And they had like a pretty awesome kitchen there. And uh, like, I mean, you couldn't always just go in there and just cook whenever you wanted. Obviously they have their, their times and stuff when you can and can't do that. But uh, when you were allowed to go in there and cook, you could cook whatever you wanted to have all that stuff at your disposal was crazy. Cause you can, the stuff guys I seen guys making there was crazy. You know what I mean? Like they, their guys became like, that was one of the things that they taught you there too, was like that you had to start learning how to cook for yourself cook on your own like obviously they did have they did cook have guys that they would designate um to cook the suppers every day but um you didn't have to just eat that if you didn't want to eat that you could make your own and then so that's what it helps me with was learning how to start to cook things on my own and uh them having all that food there to use was awesome yeah certainly it is and i think that you know um Christian is a big part of it. Um, being healthy is a big part of it. Uh, learning independence, because that's really a, a skill that that's being taught there. And I know in terms of the support group that they offered was pretty encompassing in terms of whatever any of you guys needed at the time, they were very responsive to it. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that was really important about that place is the fact that uh, the staff was one of the, well, they're, they're pretty much what made it. Obviously, a lot of the things that they offered were great, but the staff kind of just like went above and beyond all the time for the guys that were there. They, they weren't even staff after a certain point. Pretty much, they pretty came came almost like family, because you know they were there. You see them all the time. You talk with them on personal levels and start to develop relationships with them. So yeah, it made it made things pretty awesome, especially considering when you have uh, some of the trainers in the boxing were working there on shifts too. So you would have um you'd have the guys that were training you working there also so you'd be talking to them on a personal level um outside of training 
because when you're kind of like when you're in training it's a little bit different you you, you don't really like socialize in a sense because well I mean that's how I was I didn't really I just obviously you know put yourself all the way in and just concentrate on what it is that you're you're doing at that point in time and so uh to con- to combine to combine all all aspects of getting to know somebody um aside from uh being trained it was pretty cool yeah fantastic environment i know there's so many success stories of, that have come out of uh, pan am place um for for winnipeg it's been an amazing uh, opportunity uh certainly one that you capitalized on um that you know has put you where you are today uh so certainly a lot of appreciation for that um and you've really been able to kind of uh, couple that with uh as you mentioned before uh spiritual side of it all too and with um your belief in God and, and your prayers. I think that's become a big part of your day as well. Yeah. I think uh, that, that piece for me has been the, the biggest piece of everything. Um, I, I, I think I, I think up until an early age is when I started to kind of have a little bit more understanding of faith. But I think when I was younger, I didn't really, I wasn't really so sure completely about it. And so, you know, I guess that's probably maybe how a lot of people are when they first, when they start getting older and that, and they start to understand or learn about faith and about God and about um, religion, is that uh, I I wasn't really so sure about it in the beginning. And I kind of think maybe I was more of like a follower, um, especially when I started to get involved with doing uh, time in jail. Um, I, I started to, because that's honestly how I was when I was younger. I was really just a follower. You know what I mean? I was, I didn't have an identity. I didn't really know who I was. And so it's easy for people who are like that to just kind of just latch on to whoever's around you. And especially when they're older people and they're, they're, uh, they're teaching you in whatever it is, it's easy for people to, uh, to kind of just uh, latch on to that kind of thing. And so for me, that's the way I was. I think when I was younger is that I really just, I listened to whoever, whoever was talking to me in a respectful way or whatever. And I kind of just was trying to find my identity through whatever it is that was going on. But um, now that I, now, now that I'm older uh, and more mature, I realize that uh, for myself, faith has been the biggest thing for me because what has happened with me is that uh, there's been so many series of events that I've, specifically prayed for and like wanted so badly and they they've happened for me and so that's where my faith the strength in my faith has come from is the fact that you know before when I was younger I wasn't really so sure if I was to pray for something you know I was just like just saying it but now when I pray for something and God, and God knows, and whoever whoever it is that your whatever it is that your religion is, they know like your sincerity. You know what I mean? Whether you're being real or they know who you are, they so like you can't lie. And so that's I think where my faith comes from is the fact that there's been so many chains of events where or series of events that I prayed for specifically that actually have happened. And it just seems very coincidental, too coincidental for me. Um, but in, in effect, it really just strengthened my faith. I remember often we would have our conversations and, and you would mention that. And uh, it's very powerful because uh, that belief is there. And when you see change happen, 
that's a driver for change for yourself and internally. And, and I saw how you just embraced faith and, and it's become a daily part of your life and, and who you are as a person. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with, um, again, finding who you are. Um, because uh, one of the things that's helped me the most in anything that I do is um, realizing that you have to be yourself. Like every, like pretty much you, you just have to be yourself. And uh, the more that you, you uh, realize that the easier it is for you to be a, a better person uh, because ultimately we all go through life wearing masks and we're all just trying, we all care about what everybody else thinks. And uh, like the more that you don't care about what other people think, the easier it is for you to be yourself. And once you start to actually let go of all the, the ego and the pride and all that kind of stuff, it's, uh, it's so much easier to become who you truly are. And um, it just makes life it makes it easier for you to appreciate everything about life. And like you say, it's about defining who you are and, and that search could take a long time. It could take decades. Um, but you always told me, you know, when you find it and it's, it's there and you know who it is and who you are and who you want to be. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think like we talked about before, now I said that, that God gives you the same, the same situations over and over again until you um, until you figure out how to actually go about dealing with it uh, pr- properly. So, yeah, I think that, that, that that's what keeps people stuck in the process of, of whatever it is that they're struggling with. Um, they can obviously just keep being faced with these same things over and over again. And they just, it's like, obviously like um, it's, it's just, they just keep, they stay stuck where they're at. And until they, they face it and they f- realize what it is that's going on, then yeah, that's what's going to happen. A big part too, you've, you've also embraced um, motivational speakers and finding people that offer inspiration to you. And, and I, I think that that's been a big part too, uh, along your journey is, is embracing that and, you know, finding uh, those that have a message that resonate with yourself. Uh, that's become a big part of your, your daily life, isn't it? Yeah, it has. And I think uh, that's one of the things too, is that, you know, like when you're embracing um, being yourself and that it's a lot easier. I've found for me to speak specifically about my, and that's where I usually want to make it easier for me to speak about things is I just speak from my, my, uh, my experiences. And um, that's a good part because a lot of people are, are trying to talk to somebody and tell them what they want to hear. And that come, and that part there is attached to people wearing a mask because they want to, they want to tell people what they want to hear. But the truth of the matter is that's not, the way that it's got to go, you, you, you know, you, you can give them advice, of course, but giving someone advice always and telling them what they want to hear is not going to be the best way to do it. Cause the way that I've seen it is the truth hurts a lot of the time when you're t- talking to people and a lot of people, they don't want to hear the truth. 
and they can't deal with the truth. And that's why I've found that there's been a, quite a few people that don't really like me or they don't get along with me because I always tell, say the things that need to be said. And uh, it, it obviously wasn't easy for me to do that in the beginning because I, I ultimately wanted to tell people what they wanted to hear too and I wanted to be liked. But uh, the more and more you do anything, the easier it gets. And so, uh, yeah, I think just being yourself uh, makes it easier for you to speak about things because uh, you're not uh, worried about you know, whether you're saying the right thing or not. It'll come from the heart. Yeah, and that's, that's so important. And, and I know you're messaging to whoever you speak to or uh, the messages that you leave around town or on social media um, is always just to give people that, that sense of hope, that sense of be who you are as a person, um, because that, that sort of sincerity and honesty um, and openness, um, that resonates with people. Yeah, it's almost like um, a lot of people say, they say, uh, oh, I, I can give good advice, but I don't take my own, I don't take my own advice. And uh, in my opinion, in that situation is the truth of the matter is that when you're giving people advice, you're giving it to yourself. You know what I mean? And so that's basically how I kind of look at it is that uh, anything I say is basically what I'm basically talking to myself when I'm saying it, even to say it to somebody else, you know, basically talking to myself. I find it funny how people always say that, that they, they can give out good advice, but they won't take their own. They won't t take good good advice themselves. But I think it's just kind of like when you give people advice, it's almost like you're talking to yourself, right? Yeah, that's, that's really true. And um, for yourself, you know, uh, for the listeners out there um, who's listening, looking for, for that sort of direction or others that have people that, uh, loved ones out there trying to help um where can people start where should they start where can they grab onto just to get that beginning to look for themselves and and develop that sort of um hope and and self-care grounding it, it is a long process but ultimately from what i've seen is that uh we all go through life having traumas that we've been through and um so i think that these traumas they keep us they keep us attached to to um, that that life of of not being authentic, and um, because they distract us from our true selves, and it's like walking through life, and as we're walking, we're picking up all this this baggage, um, and as we keep walking, we keep picking up more and more, whether it be traumas or whether it be stuff that your parents taught you or society has taught you all the stuff that we pick up along the way or is, is all stuff that we just get distracted by. And we ultimately are losing ourselves along the way, a little piece of ourselves along the way with, you know, society, our parents, our traumas, our school, everything. And um, so, yeah, I just think that uh, we need to face those things that are making us so that, that makes it so hard, uh, easy for us to be hard on ourselves Right. Because um, a lot of the times when people have bad things that have happened to them, they, 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 they blame themselves, even though it's not even their fault, you know, like say sexual abuse or whatever. A lot of the times the people, they think it's their fault that it happened to them. When, you know, this has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. And uh, so, yeah, then that starts that uh, it starts that tape, that internal tape in your head 
where you start to talk to yourself and say negative things to yourself over and over and over again for years. And then that basically, you know, that dictates who you uh, define yourself as. And um, for me, once I changed that tape, but ultimately, I had to start with the with dealing with the trauma. So I need so I so I could understand that all the things that happened to me and that I've done are not because I'm a bad person. It's just because of of the things that have happened to me, and I made and made it easier for me to make excuses to do the things that I was doing. So once I started to face those traumas and deal with them, and realize that you know it was just a person that was hurt, that was. Um, allowing myself to make those bad decisions. Uh, that was, a, I think, one of the good steps, the first steps to dealing with that. So the, the healing process certainly starts with accepting the trauma that's happened and then starting to, to move forward with it by healing and, and addressing it uh, and not burying it because the longer we bury it, that trauma doesn't go away. And as you say, to reset that tape, that's the starting point. Yeah, for sure, because we all do it, literally, we all do it. We all have that internal tape that we live by and that we allow, we allow to uh, we allow ourselves to um, define who we are. And um, ultimately, we're all good people. And like I said, that's what happens. You know, we're good, we're good, we're good people. But then along the way, we pick up all this stuff, all this uh all these distractions to make us think that uh, to make us believe that we're somebody or something else. Yeah, that, that's very true. I uh, certainly appreciate the, uh, the candidates uh, today, Vincent, uh, before we wrap up, um, what would your, your kind of words of advice for anyone listening today to kind of start that process? Um, I think for me, one of the, one of the most important pieces for me was, learning what to do to change that internal tape. And for me, I've been very successful in doing that by, by being very consistent in positive self-talk and positive affirmations. And um, that's exactly where the passion came from, from making the stickers that I make, that I put up on in, around the city with the affirmations on them. Um, that's exactly where the passion comes from for that because of the fact that I personally know how much it works. Just a few words, you know what I mean? You say to yourself over and over again in the day, I say to myself, you know, I am positive, I am patient, I am confident. And um, so through that, through the success of that for myself, um, I realized how much, how important a few words can be for somebody in their day. And so I would just give somebody the advice that they would need to put in the hard work that it takes to be very consistent, to say these positive self-talk to yourself every single day. You could even just write it out. Just write out three things or in the areas that you struggle with. Find three areas that you struggle with in your life and write three affirmations out that will contradict that and just say it over and over again to yourself every single day, all day. I know it, it, it can be very, very hard and very to stick to, but uh, it's well worth it in the end. Wonderful advice. As always, a pleasure uh, discussing uh, with you these aspects of your life and, and putting forward to others. Um, I look forward to the continuation of our uh, podcast. And again, on the book, All Eyes on Me, your story of 
addiction recovery and hope. And I think that you are inspiring a lot of hope. And for those listeners that really want to get deep in, the uh, book is available throughout Amazon and online. Uh, it's a very compelling, um, heartfelt uh, story um, that I think resonates with everyone who's ever read it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I commend you again for the bravery that you've come forth to um, open yourself up the way you have. Thank you very much. Thank you for making it possible, Kevin. Very welcome. And we'll see you for our next podcast. Thank you.